Monday, February 17th, and you're listening to a spring training edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga from Cleveland.com, joined, as always, by our tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Paul, uh, from his palatial lodgings in <laughs> uh, Goodyear, or just outside Goodyear, Arizona. Paul, good to talk to you from spring training, and, and boy, it must be, uh, must be exciting out there to see the guys finally on the field. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, you know the first day, uh, first uh, full squad workout, and uh, it looked a lot like any other day, Joe. <laughs> to be honest with you, and uh, but yeah, it was fun to uh, see everybody out there, and uh, you know some kind, and then we, you know we you know Tito talked, uh, uh, you know gave his speech, you know to set the tone for the season to spring training in the season, and uh, then uh, you know. We had some. Uh, then Lindor came in and talked to the media, and uh, and uh, you know uh, Chris Antonetti, and some interesting stuff came out of there. At least to me, I I thought for the first time, I've really heard some. It sounded like there was a positive vibe about potentially, you know, maybe getting a deal done with Lindor. I thought this was, you know, DOA. I've I've thought that for two the last two years, and uh, but you know. Antonetti, and you know him as well as I do, that he doesn't say this kind of stuff unless you know he's got an opening. If he's got, if the, if he's if he's got a foot in the door on the way to some contract and maybe a possible, you know, uh, you know, an agreement here. So it's it's interesting. You know, they set a um, deadline. It seems like early March for at least this season to get maybe something done. So you know, it's out there and it's kind of percolating a little bit. Well, and, and, and that's obviously going to be what grabs the, the headlines out of today after that first day of, of you know, full squad workout and whatnot. Uh, what would a, a potential Lindor contract extension look like? Are we talking something, you know, along the lines of, a, you know, a multi-year, 10-year sort of, sort of deal with the kind of money that, uh, you know, guys like Mike Trout or Nolan Arenado or those guys are, are getting – are we talking something, you know, that, that might be more fitting to Cleveland's market and Cleveland's size and Cleveland's uh, financial capabilities? Yeah, you know, I don't know, Joe. I mean, I think, uh, I think it could be either one, maybe with an opt-out, you know, an early opt-out uh, for a guy like Lindor. Maybe, you know, he signs like a, a six- or seven- or eight-year deal and he can opt out after three years. You know, and that that maybe gives him the best of both worlds. You know, he could he gets he you know he the Indians he gets to maybe you know uh, do the bulk of his career in Cleveland and uh, give him a you know maybe play with a team he really if want likes I think and if, in the city he likes and he'd like to deliver a win or two and then he gets another a second bite of the apple you know the free agent apple so you know that that's what I'm thinking about or maybe like it's a three year deal where. You know, he gets an AAV of, you know, 32, 33 million a year, something like along those lines, or, you know, 25 to 35 million a year with, with a short term deal, like a three year deal where you would buy, you know, his last year of arbitration and two years of free agency, something like that. Right. And that last year of arbitration, he's going to be making some somewhere south of what that, that 32 or 33 million uh, anyways. So, you know, why not just pay it? pay it to him then if you can guarantee yourself a year or two more of him it makes makes perfect sense yeah you know and uh, you know 
And Rendon is making what seven years for uh, at at the AAVs like thirty six million, you know. So I don't. Do you pay this? Do you pay Lindor thirty six million a year for three years? I mean, that's if he I mean, opts out at that after that three years, yeah, then yeah, yeah or, like or is it just a three year deal? You know, you know. I think there's a lot of things going on. I think, and you know, if this and and I thought the big thing from both of these guys, you know, Lindor said pretty much said the same thing as as Antonetti is that you know you he can't sign such a a huge contract that you can't you know you're going to put you know 10 guys out that are making you know the minimum salary uh around them you know you've got to be competitive and I think he realizes that so maybe that will factor into uh this thing as well but but no matter what you would expect if he does sign some sort of extension some sort of deal this this homegrown top draft choice, you know, uh, player that the Indians developed into one of the top ten in, in in Major League Baseball. You would expect anything he signs right now to to pay him to be the the biggest contract that the Indians have have ever signed anybody to. Oh, certainly, yeah. You know what what was the biggest deal? Uh, Encarnacion, yeah, three years for sixty, you know, twenty a year. So this would this would blow that out of the water, right? You know, just if you if you know if you're gonna if you're serious about keeping them, you know, or you're signing them. All right. Well, uh, you're out there in Arizona. You're out there at the Indians spring training and development complex in, in, uh, in Goodyear. Uh, Paul, just take a second here and tell us about project text, uh, a way that, that Indians fans can sign up and, and get uh, the, the uh, sort of a first bite at, you know, what, what you're seeing and what you're hearing and what you're experiencing uh, through uh, basically a direct conversation with you. Yeah, Joe, it's 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 kind of neat. You know, you get, you know, the, the readers, anybody who subscribes, it's like four bucks a month. Um, you can, uh, you know, you, you know, I'll send you text messages like uh, this. Today, I, I was sending text messages, you know, about uh, the, the Lindor and, um, and uh, uh, Antonetti, the, you know, possible, the possibility of a, a multi-year deal there. Uh, way before I, it, you know, I, I wrote it. So you're getting it first. You know, another thing was, um, you know, Lindor possibly not uh, being hitting cleanup this year, and that that you know. So you're getting, you know, you're getting what I get right off the press. You know, it's not, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not, you know, I don't have time to write. I'm I'm giving it to you first. So I think that's uh, the immediacy of it is is, you know, um, it, I think it, I think the fans had. That, that are subscribing really like it. And then, you know, they ask me questions and I, I answer back, you know, I'll, I'll try to answer as many as I can. And it, it's a, it's a good give and take. I think people really like it. Yeah. We, we try to feature some of those questions here in the, in the podcast as well. Uh, you can sign up online on cleveland.com slash project text uh, at the bottom of all of our stories, all of our posts here on cleveland.com. In the tribe blog, uh, you can just uh, sign up by entering your phone number uh, on on the online form, and and we will uh, contact you back and get you signed up. So uh, again, a, a good feature, and and especially at this time when all this news and all these developments are coming out, Project Text uh, a, a way to get in touch with us. Uh, now I want to uh, just touch base back here uh, what you mentioned there, uh, something that that Tito discussed and that that you guys talked to Lindor about was the possibility that, uh, you know, we're so used to seeing Frankie leading off games uh, and being a big weapon at the top of Tito's lineup. Uh, what, what do you think the chances are that he moves down in the lineup this year? Yeah, you know, it sounds like, uh, you know, Francona wasn't as adamant as uh, Lindor was. I think, you know, 
Tito said that, uh, you know, Frankie loves hitting clean lead off and he loves hitting uh, uh, Lindor there, but, you know, he, he was going to sit down, you know, later in the spring and, and talk to him and the rest of uh, his hitters to see where he, you know, he, he wants to line them up best. And then, for, and then Lindor said that he, he's not sure with the kind of the composition of this team, this roster that, that he might be able to help the team more not leading off. You know, he, they've got some speed guys, I guess. I think he was referring to Hernandez and, and Delano DeShields, you know, that could hit up in the, in the top of the order. And, you know, he's hit 70 home runs, Joe, in the last two years. Mm-hmm. So you move him down to the thir- third hole maybe, or, you know, in the, maybe, I would think in second or third or, or third or fourth, you know, right. uh, something like that where you take adva- advantage of his power a little more. And, you know, they did struggle to score runs last year. What they were shut out 14 times, I think, and went from third to seventh in the American League and runs scored. So, you know, you, you get a little more bang for your buck if he's hitting down in the middle. Well, and you mentioned Cesar Hernandez. Uh, you know, he does have a, a, a nice high uh, on-base percentage career-wise. Uh, he, he's got a track record for a guy who can get on base. He's a switch hitter, which which Tito likes. And, you know, if you can get Delano DeShields to – to sort of fit into that number two hole, boy, think about the possibilities if Hernandez can walk or, or dump a single, you know, DeShields moves him out over with a, with a base hit, and then you've got uh, second and third with, with Lindor coming up uh, as, as the three hitter. Uh, the only thing that I think sort of might get in the way of that is uh, how, how much do you really want to stack, you know, three or four of your switch hitters uh, yeah. in, those, in those top five spots. But it, it definitely would lengthen out the lineup for Terry Francona. Yeah, and I think you know I'm you know I haven't really thought about this too much, but you know the the addition of having uh, um, um, you know Domingo Santana and um, Framil Reyes and Framil Reyes in the lineup every day. You know, does that you know that and if you drop you know Santana, I mean uh, 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 Lindor down into the middle of that lineup, I mean that really gives you. You know that really lengthens the lineup out. As long as you got somebody that can handle the top two spots, you know, Mercado or De Shields, you know, should should be able to handle the second spot, and you get you get a leadoff hitter, you know. So I mean, it's it's kind of an intriguing uh, proposition. The only thing, you know, Frankie struggled so badly with runners in scoring position last year, but he's I think he's had he's you know that's kind of a, a fluky uh, stat to me. And, you know, I think two years ago he hit pretty well with runners in scoring position. Well, and, and if anybody in that lineup is going to do the right thing with, you know, two strikes and, and two outs and runners in scoring position, it's going to be Frankie Lindor. He's going to put, you know, the situation and the team first in that, in, in that, and not be trying to drive the ball out of the park. He, he's going to take what the, uh, what the pitcher gives him and, and, and do that. We've, we've seen that before, so – so, yeah, I'm not really worried about that. I'd be more worried about if you've got a lineup that has Reyes and Santana, uh, Domingo Santana in, yeah. in, in that. Uh, Tito always talks about cloggers on the base fence. Yeah. You would have, you would have a, a full third of your lineup if you've got Santana, Reyes, and Roberto Perez as uh, guys who would be going station to station pretty much. Uh, uh, for, for, the, for the addition of Delano DeShields, uh, for the, the speed, you're, you're, you're also losing some there. Uh, with with Reyes and Santana. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk. We we mentioned Terry Francona gave his big speech today. 
you know, that, that sort of is supposed to carry the Indians into, into their work here throughout the spring. Uh, he also mentioned, uh, you know, the, the big hot topic uh, throughout baseball still is this Astros cheating scandal. And we had Dusty Baker, the new manager of the Astros, come out and, you know, sort of ask Major League Baseball to, to protect the, the Astros hitters this year uh, from being intentionally hit. Rob Manfred, the commissioner, uh, came out and said that the, the league will not tolerate any batters being thrown at intentionally. Uh, what's, what's Francona's take on the whole idea of retaliation? Yeah, uh, Joe, he said, uh, you know, we, we are not about, the Indians are not about retaliation. We're, we're here to win games. You know, we're, Houston is, is a good enough team where you don't have to put runners on base if you're going to hit guys. And so he said he didn't think that that would be a problem. But, you know, what, and, and Mike Clevenger probably opening the year on the DL pro, or the injured list probably, probably probably helps that I guess I, I don't think they, they they play Houston until what the end of the maybe the end of April end of May maybe end of May uh, I believe so so um, uh, you know hopefully this thing settles down by then but it just seems to be getting worse and worse Joe I mean everybody I mean Mike Trout ripped them Mike Trout doesn't say boo all he does is fan all runs <laughs> that's you know, if Mike Trout's speaking ill of you then there's really something wrong yeah, I mean, geez, it's just, you know, I think, you know, the, it, you know, the, as camps open and, you know, the, you know, the media comes to, to, to each camp and it just keeps, it just keeps going. And, you know, I saw, I was reading Manfred is going to be in, in Arizona uh, tomorrow um, talking, you know, in the media day. And he said, he's already talked to all the managers in Florida. He was just in Florida for, uh, you know, the grapefruit league and, uh, and he'll come out here for the crack. Cactus League managers talk to them, and you know, like you said, he will. Anybody who you know, re, you know, is is found like they're thrown at the Astros or anybody else is going to be severely dealt with. So, you know, I think he's trying to stem this, but uh, you know, by not punishing, by making the decision to not punish any of the Astros players, this is really kind of lit a fire that 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 can't be that is raging right now right we've we've seen not just the Trevor Bowers and the Mike Clevengers who have who've sort of beat that drum you know from the very beginning but we've seen Cody Bellinger the the NL MVP come out and be, be adamant that that Jose Altuve stole the the 2017 MVP from from Aaron Judge and uh you know the the idea that these guys uh shouldn't uh, should should give back awards or uh, renounce the the 2017 title. Manfred came out and said, uh, basically, what was insulting to me as somebody who's followed the uh, the Indians for more than 40 years is that he talked about, well, no, it's not about giving back just some piece of metal, and that just blew my mind because there are millions of Indians fans who would, you know, give body parts for the <laughs> Indians to have one of those silly pieces of metal. Uh, it's, it's just, it, that, the, the tone deafness just sort of struck me, uh, when, when Manfred said that in his press conference on Sunday, but, uh, again, so I guess it's, it's hands off the, the Astros get to get to cheat, get to deny it, get to, uh, get immunity when they testify about it. And now you can't touch them, uh, between the lines, uh, no matter what going forward, you just have to sort of forget about it. Yeah, or just beat them on the field, you know, and try to try to win it that way. But you know, I still don't think Manfred can say all he wants. But those guys, those guys still aren't going to be digging in. I don't think the Astros. They they know it's coming. Right. I mean, one way or the other. 
something will happen and uh hopefully you know when it does it'll it it'll settle it and uh and uh, baseball can be played the way it's meant to be played oh if i set the over under at three and a half would you take the over or the under on the number of bench clearing brawl incidents that are lit off by guys by astros players getting hit this year you take yeah, more I, than more than three and a half or or or, or, or fewer Three and a half. That's a lot of fights. You know, you don't see any fights. Oh, anymore. are you kidding me? Yasiel Puig and the and the Reds had three and a half fights. Oh, that's right. That's so, true. That's don't don't true. tell me that's a lot. That's yeah. We got to get Puig. There you go. Put Puig on the Astros. That's <laughs> that'd probably be their best signing if they could sign Puig right now. Yeah, nobody would throw Puig. Jeez. Uh, because we've seen we saw once Puig is on your side, you know he'll he'll fight to the death for you. I mean, he's your friend. He was he was fighting for Cincinnati. Who cares about Cincinnati? He was <laughs> fight. He wanted to take on the the entire Pittsburgh Pirates team by himself <laughs> for Cincinnati. It, I mean, put him in Houston right now if they really if they're serious about protecting themselves. Put Puig <laughs> on their roster right now. Uh, hey, you know, speaking of fun outfielders, uh, I know you got a chance to watch uh, batting practice and you saw. Uh, Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez was having a little bit of fun with uh, with Fran Mill. How does Fran Mill look out there in left field, and and what was Jose doing to him? Well, yeah, it was it was Frankie uh, Frankie Lindor was giving uh, Fran Mill a hard time, and uh, it was uh, you know uh, you know t- Francona wants to you know he's got ten outfielders in camp as we know, and a couple other non roster guys, and he wants he's trying to play them all over. He knows. You know, uh, Reyes is more comfortable in left in right field. That's where he's played. But he, he wants him to play some left field as well, just to see what he can do out there. So he was out in left field today taking batting practice. And every time, uh, not while well, he was field, you know, shagging fly balls in left field in, during BP. And uh, every time a, a ball was hit to him, uh, Lindo was screaming at him, you know, like, look out, it's coming, that kind of stuff. You know, it was it was in Spanish, so I'm not sure what he was saying, but, you know, you got the gist of it. And, uh, you know, Reyes did okay. You know, he caught most of the balls hit his way. And uh, so it, it was interesting. And and, and uh, Lindo was laughing about it when, when he came in and talked to the reporters. He said, you know, it's just good to see all your, your friends again. And uh, he can play, and he says, "I know he can play left field." I was just kidding him. It was, you know, after the after you know, you know, when spring training, when the players finally report, he said, "It's good to see all the guys you like back in camp." And he said, "And you know, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Antonetti was saying that uh, he really thinks uh, Reyes is going to, you know, be a you know a big big contributor in the offense, uh, the offensive part of the, this uh, this team." with his power and uh he 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 was hitting balls he's he was he was hitting balls over the fence every over everything today and uh uh Antonetti said I think he hit one to Peoria in <laughs> Arizona so he he he's, he everybody was pounding the ball but uh Reyes has some pure pure power yeah we saw uh I saw a video posted uh like five of his first six swings were were over the fence and when the sixth was was off the wall somewhere uh this is a guy who came uh basically came to camp 18 pounds lighter than last year knowing he was going to have to play uh some defense in the outfield and uh he he told us at tribe fest oh i don't feel like i've lost any power he's like the power is still there 
And apparently you guys saw that today uh, out there on the, on the field. Yeah. He, and uh, you know, it was fun, you know, uh, uh, Mike Sarbaugh was, was, uh, was uh, the third base coach was throwing BP and, and uh, they were doing what you do with BP, you know, Frankie and, and Ramirez and Santana and, and Reyes, they were all hitting the ball a long, long way. And you could tell they were, they were having some fun out there. All right. I uh, wanted to mention uh, before we get going here, uh, the passing of uh, Tony Fernandez, 57 years old, uh, complications from kidney disease. Uh, he had been in a, a medically induced coma and, and uh, it went downhill from there. Uh, he passed away over the weekend. Uh, a lot of the baseball world reacted. Uh, five-time All-Star, world champ in, in uh, 1993 with the Blue Jays, uh, four gold gloves. But he uh, played one season, that 1997 season, the Indians went to the World Series, and, and he was with the Tribe. Uh, always going to be remembered for uh, the home run that he hit against Baltimore in Game 6 of the ALCS uh, that helped send the Indians to the World Series that year. Uh, it didn't work out the way the Indians wanted it to in Game Seven, and and he sort of contributed there. Uh, what 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 do you take away from Tony Fernandez and just being around him for for the years that you did? Yeah, I just uh, I just remember him as part of that those great uh, Toronto teams, you know, with Lloyd Mosby and Jesse Barfield and and George Bell and uh, you know th- that whole group that just was so dominant. You know, just had they had everything: speed, power great pitching and he was kind of the uh you know the igniter at the top of the lineup played shortstop uh just a, really a graceful athlete and then when uh, the Indians picked him up he was like 35 he hadn't played uh in 1996 because of an injury and he he really helped them he moved over to second base uh played you know just played you know really solid baseball and uh you know, he wasn't even supposed to be in the lineup in game six of the ALCS. He, Bip Roberts was supposed to start, and he hit Bip Roberts with a line drive in BP, and Bip had a bruised finger or something. He couldn't play. So he plays that game and, and uh, hits the game-winning home run, and he, you know, kind of enticed. He, he kind of baited uh, Armando Benitez into, the, into, the, into that at bat. You know, at least that's what legend says. You know, he was he, before the game. He was he was on Benitez at you know to throw him his breaking ball. He said he you can't get me out with the breaking ball. And Benitez said he could, and and, and in the eleventh inning he threw it, and he <laughs> Fernandez you know drove it over the wall. So uh, yeah. pretty cool. He was he was a good guy. He was and and Joe this guy at thirty five he was cut man. He was he was chiseled. He was he looked like uh, he could play forever, and that's why it's just so stunning. You know you that you see. Uh, uh, you know, just such an elegant athlete, you know, pass away so soon. And it just reminds you, you know, you got to enjoy it. You know, right. you got to enjoy every day because you never know, man. Uh, I, I, I do. Uh, I, I read the, the story that uh, his elbow injury for the Yankees in, in spring training in 96 forced the, the Yankees to basically bring up and, and start Derek Jeter's career. So, uh, you know, if, if Fernandez – if Hernandez doesn't have that that injury that kept him out of uh, baseball in '96, you know who knows when or where uh, Derek Jeter might have shown up with the Yankees. But but that was you know uh, not necessarily his 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 greatest contribution, but that was a contribution in 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 itself to uh, to baseball was I mean, he got Derek Jeter to the majors. But uh, yeah, I I think uh, 
Tony Fernandez and and we don't want to talk about the the error in in, in game seven uh, that it, it you know could have been a double play, but the Indians lost that game uh, not because of Tony Fernandez, but they might not have been there without him. So it, it, yeah, definitely they wouldn't have been there without him. And he drove in the only two runs of that game. There were only right. two runs of that game with the singles. So you know it's it was it was just such a, a heartbreaking loss uh, and you know. And for a guy that really played well in the, the whole postseason and the whole, the Indians really, I think they played 19 postseason games that year. Mm-hmm. I just remember how exhausted they were at the end of that after losing game seven, they were just drained. You know, it was just, it was, uh, it was, it was, you know, I can't, I still haven't watched the whole thing when it's <laughs> when it played on ESPN or the classic channel or oh, anything man. like that. I can't, I just turned it off. I can't watch that game. Yeah. That special that MLB network did about the, uh, the, the, the deck, uh, the, the dynasty that, that wasn't or whatever that, yeah. I, I could not make it through that one either. Uh, all right, Paul, uh, what are we looking for tomorrow? Uh, just really briefly to wrap up here. Uh, we'll have another podcast tomorrow evening uh, to set up, uh, Wednesday, but uh, what are we expecting here on Tuesday? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be another day. Uh, you know, uh, uh, it'll be another early day. Uh, you know, pitchers and catchers are back out. Th- I mean, the whole team, full squad, will be back out there. You know, I talked to uh, James Hoyt, who was uh, who played with uh, um, the Astros in 2017. He had some interesting things to say. I'm going to write that for uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Um, and, uh, it, it, uh, you know, just, you know, he, 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 you know, he, he said, uh, I was on the team and I knew what was going on. I walked by the, you know, and he was, he was a, he's a reliever. So he really, I don't think he heard the trash can banging, but he saw the setup in, in the tunnel and everything else. And, uh, you know, so, so he had some interesting things to say. So I'm going to, I'll be uh, writing that uh, tomorrow. All right, Paul, well, we'll look forward to hearing back from you again, uh, from Goodyear, Arizona, uh, tomorrow. Uh, on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe. Thanks, man.